When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. I am here with Ms. Alex today. Hello. How are you doing, girl? Oh, we're good. We're good. We're half a cup of coffee in. We're good. <laughs> it's uh, it's officially summer. Welcome yes. to summer. Oh, I love it so much. Are you so happy? You know, so can I tell you a pers- super personal thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, just okay, tell nobody, all, tell nobody all listen. Us. Nobody listen tell for a minute. I just got to talk to March for a second. <laughs> so I've been on tamoxifen since 2019 which makes your body one of the side effects is it raises your body heat your body temperature got it got and it. I, I love the heat i love the humidity i live for it's a part of my personality yeah and so for four years now i have not been able to enjoy the heat it's made me sick oh and this a couple of weeks ago when it got hot i suddenly realized it's gone. Like I am loving the heat again. Like I you're feel, back to your body's back like to you. I, I feel like I'm myself again. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. So glad there I got are. that off my chest. So you do love like the love. the super hot weather. Love, 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 love the super hot weather and the humidity. I you love. That. I don't like the dry. Yeah, I was in Palm Springs for spring break, and my skin cannot take that. Oh God. Yeah. No. no, no. I do think that. Yeah, there's something good about the humidity for as far as skin goes, but yeah. I'm just like, I usually want to be the person outside who's like running around or doing the things. And I just yeah. get bleh. After oh, no, with like I, the huge I sat outside with my brother yesterday. I had coffee right by the uh, by the river and just sweating, just sweating. Happy to be sweating. So happy to be sweating. Oh, my God. Well, and that's sorry. That's kind of disgusting. Well, thing to talk about it is a good morning for everyone yeah. when they love to hear about people sweating. It's the best part. <laughs> Their drug use. Yeah. Um, but they uh, but yeah, no, it's like definitely I thought Memorial Day weekend was just spectacular. Perfection. It was just spectacular. If we can have all that. I mean, without that's, the fires in Canada. True. Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of wrecked it for us a little bit. Canada. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like I drove without doors on my Jeep the entire weekend. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I I was outside for five minutes and my throat was scratchy. Yeah, I was fine with it. Everyone was like talking about ozone and all the rest. And I went for one run and I was kind of like, meh. But there's a lot of cottonwood. But still, I felt like everything overweight over, you know, it uh, canceled it out. I was happy with it. So, And I'm hoping that everyone had great barbecues and did you yeah. do fun stuff for memorial day I, well we'll talk about it later okay. but i went to thing. yeah it's part of my thing but i went i volunteered as i do for the kickoff to summer at the minnesota state fair. okay yeah so i know to everyone who hates that we talk about the state fair in june 
Yeah. That's just deal with it because yeah. I'm going to be talking about the state fair from now on. From, you are because you are a state fair head. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about something that's going on um, in town. Let's just talk about mm. Lowry Hill Meets because oh. that is the biggest, saddest news. And I'm sorry, let's just get it out of the way so we can have a good show and have all upbeat business, sort of. But I feel like it's, I feel like it's sad because I'm, I'm worried about them. I'm sad for them for the dead dream. Yeah, but. I'll just be really honest. It's kind of like when Nyes went out of business and everybody was like, well, how, when was the last time you were at Nyes? Ah. And I, for a lot of people, they see Eric all the time for all their meat needs. I get that. For me personally, I don't eat meat. So I, okay. you know, it wasn't. So Lowry Hill Meats, for me, it's more about them. Right. And for, and then just to clarify, Lowry Hill Meats is the sort of the artisan butcher shop that mm-hmm. was in um, Lowry Hill. Amazing and, burgers. I mean, when they, when which is funny because everyone loved those burgers. And I was yeah, kind of like, I mean, that's, I did not love the burgers. I did. I just didn't go there for burgers. I went there for meat. I oh, went yeah, to go yeah. buy cuts yeah, and yeah. I went to go chat up uh, the chefs who work there. And like, yeah. actually my favorite sandwich was the one with the ham and butter. Right? Yeah. The yeah, ham and butter with a lot of radishes. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, is like, I, so the thing is they've said is they said we're closing at the end of June. So yeah. they have a month to go. And we are, uh, we're closing at the end of June and it's just the business has become unsustainable and it's a lot of the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of issues with what happened in the neighborhood. Birch is gone, you know, patina is gone. Um, you know, just, it's sort of like that whole little bit is just basically they have the liquor store next to them and then, yeah, there's only, I mean, there's only so much business Sebastian Joe is going to bring you. Right. And it's just, actually, I think Sebastian Joe's is gone too. What? No, wait, no, it's not. Can't be gone. I don't know that. I can't confirm that. Okay. But the patina is gone. Yeah, I think Sebastian yeah. Joe's may be the only thing left over there. Right. In the hair place. <laughs> yeah. Well, and... And so there's, like, the hard part with that place is there's not a lot of foot traffic. Right. I mean, like, it's harder to kind of get to it. There's no parking unless you're street parking. Yeah. But I used to go... I used to go quite a bit because I love their sausages. He was saying that, that there is there was a big change, you know, from the pandemic, obviously. They shut down. They like everybody else, but then they stayed closed longer too. You know what I mean? Like, and it was just sort of like they would do that transactional thing where you're handing people things. Yeah, I did that several times. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's also this thing where, I mean, the inflation prices are tough on everybody, but I'm going to tell you when you're doing already upgraded artisan, you know, products, that's going to. Yeah, your margins are already tight. So, so, so thin. So, what's going on with. The food building, though, are they going right. to be okay through that? That's a different thing. So that's the okay. good news is that they're <clears throat> the the LLC, the different company that they created for the um, Lowry Hill provisions, okay, which is going to be the salumi and like all like the beautiful cured meats that they took over from Red Table. Red Table yeah. That is still fine, and that is still going, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to, I think, they're going to try to build that business up. And basically, if you think about it, it's. It's they're going to sell it to retailers and restaurants. It's not going to be public facing. Oh, you know what I mean? I like they're not. Was. I mean, they'll open. They'll sell it there, and they'll likely yeah. be able to sell it like as but a no thing. sandwiches, right? No steaks. Well, let's just say this: that that Kieran is still trying to figure out. I think what's going on at the food building. Yeah, because you know that remains closed. The cafe there remains yeah. closed yeah. while they're figuring it out, and. So trying to figure out what makes sense and what business model is going to go forward. And, and like you and I were saying earlier, you know, there's a bit of a tough, there's a little bit of a, a little worry right now. I mean, there's a little bit of people kind of like watching, you know, yeah. layoffs and tech is definitely having a bubble burst and 
There's just, I know a lot of friends who have had, who rely on corporate dollars for assignments and gigs. Yeah. And they said that they are kind of feeling like it's very quiet. So that's I think everyone's so that's buckling like the, down. That's like the real life versus yeah. what we read on CNN, which is, hey, you know, 700,000 jobs added, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I mean, like there's numbers and there's numbers, right? Yeah. And then there's, so I don't know. And I hope that they're, uh, what I love the most about Lowry Hillmates was like the, the chit chat. Like that you yeah. could walk in and you could be like, hey, and I would look at the case and be like, what are you feeling today? I'm like, I really don't know. Yeah. And they'd be like, you know. How about this? Or like, have you ever tried doing this? And like, what what what, what about this? And they would just yeah. throw things out there and kind of help. So yeah. I did love that about them. Yeah, and well, I will say it's the it's a solo vino versus yeah. I mean, one. I don't want to rip on the other places because right, I definitely right. still shop there too. Sure, but when I knew that I had to have the meat as a centerpiece, mm-hmm. like if I knew that that had to be a star of something I was doing, I was going there. But I would say, I'll tell you that the place that I would then go after that is yeah. France 44, you know, or the St. Paul Meat Shop in okay. St. Paul. Okay. They have that same kind of care and they have that same kind of great quality with whole animal butchery. Mm-hmm. And I think that they do have good, th- they have less of like the kind of cuts that I wanted, but they have great sausages. They have great, I got a great lamb shoulder from France yeah. 44. And so, you know, there are people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a coastal thing, yeah. right? I I will go for the fish or the the really good, you know, crab legs or something along those lines. That's my butchery. That's your butchery. And so, yeah, if 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 my coastal closes, same thing. They'll say, mm, no, don't. I know that fish looks pretty today, but here, try this instead. And yeah. so, yeah, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> so pour one out for Lower Hill. You have a month. You can go and. Uh, to the Lowry Hill. Uh, Thanks, Eric. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me. You can uh, they'll they'll end on June thirtieth, and I assume that they'll have sold out of everything by then. But they're also selling like the tables and the chairs, and like they're selling everything in there. So yeah, well, it so might be it might be time to have some red meat. Yeah, for me. <laughs> but they break can do my rules. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I break rules. it for the fair. Why can't I break Why it, can't it for you Eric? Break it for yeah, them. Come for on, sure, for sure. All right, you guys. We have a great show today. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the James Beard Awards, which are <sighs> happening, I think, on Monday or something, or maybe in this Gotta week. Got to be soon. Yeah, this week or next week. But there's some interesting uh, things going on. We are going to talk about cocktail uh, patio snacks. And then we also have Matt Kenneman coming on later on the show. We love him. I'm excited. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this lovely Saturday. Hey, I wanted to make a clarification because I do want to make sure that I get it right. Um, that uh, the Lowry Hill guys did not take over the Red Table business, that they just, uh, Red Table meets, you know, they closed their business and shut it down. And then Lowry Hill took over that space and started a completely new business. So they're not joined up. But um, I just want to, because I love Red Table and I think that, you know, I'm, of course, I'm always hopeful that they're going to come back someday. But, um, but Lowry Hill is a separate entity. So I just want to make sure I clarified that. Um, all right. We are going to talk a little bit about um, what is happening in the James Beard mm. Award area. Because it's a weird space this week. Now, it's okay, a gross topic. I know. Well, it's just very hard. It's really yeah. interesting. And I know we've talked a lot on the show about, you know, what does James Beard mean to chefs and like what's kind of the, the point behind it. And, and it is. I mean, and if you're a close listener, maybe you don't know that I just I, I get frustrated with it. I don't. You know, I don't have any clean lines around it, but I do, I get frustrated with it because I feel like sometimes we put so much emphasis on some, ran this entity, 
made of people that is sort of like got all its own algorithms for choosing the best. And then we all go, okay, well, those are the best. Right. Is it a committee? It's a committee. It is, but it's yeah. you don't really know. There's no real transparency on how that committee right. works. And there's no, right. we don't know, where, is it weighted? We don't know, are there points given? We don't know if they vet people to prove, like, there's no, right. when I, I had one year, I think, or two years of being a voting person in the way, way back. And it was like, there was, they, the, to me, the hardest part was they said, it's an ethical thing that says that you have to, you shouldn't vote for a place you've never been. Obviously, but you could. I could vote anywhere in the country. Right. I was. That's what I had. The that was the old way, <clears throat> and that was like nobody asked for receipts or anything. Which I felt like if you're on the if you're a voting member, mm-hmm. I feel like you should be able to like show a receipt that you've actually been to a place. Right. I assume that if you vote on the Oscars, you've seen the movie. Right. So. Right. I mean, but have they i don't i don't know what the rules for the oscars are well i I don't either but i do know that there is um i do know that they the situation with the james beard is that they've gone through an overhaul or they're trying to overhaul themselves and and i know that there's been a lot of uh while the world is looking at behavior of professionals they are looking at um you know sort of the collective celebration and representation and so the idea is that they have sort of been reforming themselves in real time to you know kind of pull more people in be more diverse recognize different kinds of food not just be white tablecloth they're evolving as the restaurant world itself is evolving let's sure. be very clear right. right right we're all you know there are people who are doing amazing things in diners there are Chefs and, you know, mm-hmm. restaurateurs who are in a food truck and they have some, you know, like crazily inventive and, you know, changing world changing cuisine. Right. So why shouldn't the place that honors that then right. also change? So I'm there for that. The problem is, is that of late. So what happened is they got they they canceled their own awards in 2021 or 20. Was it 2020 or 2021? Uh both. 2020 was canceled. And then 2021 just never happened. Never happened. Right. But they basically canceled the 2020s because, uh, you know, they said that it was, you know, the turmoil in the industry, of course, is one thing, but mm-hmm. the things had been voted on the year before already. So it was really 2019's awards that they were It was giving. pretty controversial that they canceled. Yeah. But they, the controversy sort of also leaked out that it was because there were no people of color who had won. Exactly. And so they were saying it's not right to do that. And so they canceled it. There's a lot of feelings. They're kind of trying to come back and be more ethical, be more sustainable. They're trying to think about um, who gets the medals. And it's not just for like maybe a plate of chicken, mm-hmm. but maybe it should be about your humanitarian side too. Or your personhood is the thing, I guess we're going to say. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times wrote uh, a great article. Julia Moskin and Brett Anderson wrote this uh, pretty great article uh, called, you know, the James Beard Foundation, whose award honor chefs is now investigating them. And what's interesting is what I've heard is that they are now if you if someone is nominated, there's now a discussion and there has to be sort of a vetting of who of a of if they're in the nomination process, they have to have people who can step up on the committee and say, yes, I think they're a good and honorable person. And then that has its own problems. But then right. there's also a tip line. Like a tip line is like a phone in tip line that right. is open. And so that if someone does have issues with someone, yeah. they can anonymously call in and say, don't this person should not be nominated because they yell at their guests 
or they yell at their team. Right. And then that chef gets investigated. And that's basically what this whole thing is about. By the James Beard Foundation, which is insane. (laughs) Which is insane. Which is really weird. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm sorry, would you like to have this award? Oh, also... Are you a jerk? Are you a jerk? And and we're going to investigate you just yeah. in order for you to be able to get this award, which yeah. I don't know if that's a thing. Like, is well, that a thing that people want? Well, and the tip line is so problematic. Someone, I mean, yes, you want to believe people, but also someone could have just gotten fired and, hey, I hear that they're up for Jay's. It's that's that. And well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the solution to any of this. Let's just be clear. But and there's I also anonymity. don't like that. Yeah, I think the hard part too is they were talking about how um, they were talking about how uh, the article was interesting because they said that because they want to, they do want to um, make sure that they're uh, they are anonymous. They're not like they're not trying to like out anybody. They're not trying to report on anybody. Um, I'm sorry. I just had well. They were talking. So they were talking about how the process is not transparent, and so, but it is. So what they were saying is, if someone gets investigated and found to be more likely than not that they were a jerk, mm-hmm. and they're they're no longer eligible for the prize, their name is not taken off yeah. during the ceremony. Their name is not taken off the ballots because they, the James Beard Foundation is saying we don't want to call them out. Well, if whatever you found is so bad that they can't, they no longer are deemed qualifiable for this award, then shouldn't you be calling them out? And also, because what they're saying is if we pull their name, then everyone knows, oh, they're the ones who were found out to be a jerk. Well, and then, yeah, and and basically they're not, they're not like reporting on things. They're just following up and like doing an investigation, but we don't know what kind of investigation. And I think what's interesting to know is like when the times and when the journalists do big investigations, when they break through, you know, like the me too thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then they are, I mean, they are spending hours and hours and hours and they're Mm -hmm. vetting sources and they're fact checking and they're going through that process, which is required in order to then, you know, tell the truth. Right. And they don't put out rumors like, that you know what i mean and so well, they don't go by a uh, one tip right mm-hmm. and so they they work really hard and i just feel like is the james beard foundation now going to commit to doing that same amount of work in order to then hold this standard and here's the bigger question should they well what is the standard i know because everyone there's obviously lines in the sand but you know hence the me too movement but is somebody yelling in the kitchen? I don't. I don't know. I'm, I don't have an opinion about, about this. But what is the standard, and who gets to decide that standard? And as an eater, as a diner, who might look at okay, who's a James Beard, which I'm not. What I need to know that. Okay, we're gonna continue this. We're gonna take a quick break. And we're gonna come back because I want to ask you a we little bit about. We have feelings. We've got feelings. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish on my talk 107.1. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us. I'm Steph March. I'm here with Alex Lohner today. And we are uh, talking about the James Beard Foundation Awards, which I think I think are happening today. I mean, when I looked at it, I think it's this weekend. You know, it says the ceremony date is June 3rd, 2023. But that feels like you should do it on a Monday. I thought so. Yeah. But anyway, um, so here's the thing that is we're talking about this article that came up in the New York Times, but I've been watching it, you know, unfold uh, over the last uh, couple of months because it's sort of once the nominees are finally announced, 
you know, then um, the finalists, that's when everyone kind of gets the feelings into their spaces. And and what's happened is, is like, and if you missed the first part, we talked a little bit about how uh, the the foundation is trying hard to be um, ethical and, and support so that they don't get caught up in in, you know, anointing best chef and having this person be a problematic, you know, jerk. They don't want the Mario Batali syndrome thing to happen. Right. I think there's a long way between only nominating white men. Yeah. And investigating investigating every single person that at one tip comes through. Yeah. And I don't know why they made that jump so quickly. Like you can you can realize you've not you've not honored diversity. And that you've not, you're not honoring the restaurant industry the way the restaurant industry really looks today, and you can make a decision that you need to be more careful about that. But that that was a really big leap. Yeah, I think that they're well. Okay, so like, was one, that a problem that there was a whole bunch of jerks being nominated? I think yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they had a few people who were being nominated. Well, and as soon as you know the Me Too movement started coming out, and there were so many notable people who were. Uh, you know, kind of identified as abusers. Right. And then it became a place where, I mean, everyone had to look at the industry again. And and here's what I'm going to say is that I don't think it was a bad thing to have everybody look at the industry again in that way. I think I right. have talked to many chefs who have said, God, I can, I can't, the way that I grew up in the industry, I cannot run my kitchen that way. And for a lot of them, they, they, most of them, I would say the, the vast, vast majority of them recognize that as that's a good thing. You know, it's a hard thing to understand that when you've been through sort of a, the paces that you feel made you into something important mm-hmm. and good and, right. and, you know, solid and successful, it's hard to then turn around and say, I'm not going to use those same techniques because I want to, you know, I want to help. This is the way that I learned and this is what I know. And then I want to help this next generation get to that same place as I do. Right. But not realizing that the abuse really wasn't the part of it that made it the good stuff. Like that didn't. Right. And even if you believe that it did. Right. Okay. Well, life changes. Well, and different generations have different generations feelings change. about things. Absolutely. And we're on the cusp. And right. so we don't spank our children anymore. Right. I was talking to that about that. Was <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> like, Remember when you got chased with a spoon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So I do think though, that there's some val, there's a lot of validity in the fact that this has changed, that this entire thought process has changed kitchens to make them more, uh, that has made them healthier. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing. I just think that the that there's going to be some bumbling around all of this because what I don't like is not really being able to have... I don't like the, the, the shadowy stuff where, mm-hmm. for instance, this uh, the person who was investigated and found to be taken off the... It was a Southern yeah. chef in the a South. Guy. Yeah. Um, who was said... You know, we were talking about this, but they basically said... You know, we're, you're removed from winning the award, but we because of we don't want to be the ones who out. We're not like publishing an investigation. Right. We're not going to take your name off the ballot. We're not going to take your name off press releases. You can go to the ceremony. Right. You're just not going to win. So it's up to him. And so this chef was like, well, I'm not going to stay quiet about this. You right. know, like it was up to him to be the person to out the process and say this. But. That's even like stranger that so then an ab- someone who they found that is likely an abuser right. could go and glad hand and still get all the press coverage and get all the good parts of it. Well, now he's in charge of the narrative. He's in charge of the narrative because he's the one talking to the New York Times because, you know, 
JBF isn't talking to them. Right. And so they didn't okay, say well, what they found. You they didn't, didn't say anything. How is that helping anyone other than, okay, so he doesn't get the win. But like you were saying over break, do we all, nobody knows who actually wins. I mean, we right. know who's nominated to be nominated is as important as, as to win. Right. That's, that's the mantra. And so if he's still in to the outside world, if he hadn't said anything. Right. He for this, been for a, this article. Yeah. That's it. He, been a he could be, he could be a, horrible 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 human being well and so many people do tend to say you know on their things even if they have one they say james beard nominated and i'm fine with that Absolutely. because that's also a oh yeah so then are they actually doing anything that's the question is it performative or is it just you know what i mean are they covering their oh i think what it is is they're covering their own butts they're not they're not actually trying to to support the change in the industry they're just covering their butts to say well we he's not going to win so he's not going to get an award and I think that they have to go through this process to understand it. Yeah. I think, it's hard to like know what's yeah. going to come on the other side of it. I, I just feel that it's, it's, um, has been badly executed. I don't, I don't know these people, obviously. I don't know that I'm willing to believe yet that they're just covering their own butts or that they're being manipulative. To me, it's kind of, they're just bumbling this thing, like you said, right? They just, they really, it's been, Going on, the the whole only nominating white men has been going on for so long and been so problematic and, and problematic white men that you can't, you can't move, you know, what, what what's the saying? The you needle? can't, no, not but the ship. What's yeah. the phrase yeah, for the ship? Can't turn the ship. Can't turn fast. the ship that quickly. And well, that's just going to be. And I do think that there's something to say about the fact that the nominating body tends to be, I mean, there's, it's early, you know, the semi, the initial nominations are open to the public. So right. anybody can nominate, right? Right. But then the voting body has, is past winners. So if you've only ever over, you know, 50, 60 years, 70 years, if you've only ever been nominating the bulk of the white men, that's who the voting body is going to be. So that's a harder thing. So that's why I understand that when they're adding, trying to get more people in and doing the voting differently and all that kind of stuff. I get it. It's just that it's, it's, you're like, I agree with you. It is a harder thing to know. Well, and why can't we separate the two things? Why can't we acknowledge that there needs to be more diversity and leave the whole well, and, and have it be a different process to weed out the. Well, how about jerks? this though? The woman who is on the yeah. cover of the story, yeah, this Sam Foray, who is uh, a woman chef, yeah. uh, and she cooks Southeast Asian, or, Southeast yeah. Asian, yeah, and she's saying that she's the kind of person that most that they're trying to get more exactly. of into the process, and she's saying that, uh, yeah, that basically this way of this anonymous tip line. And then this, this like again, this investigation into this anonymous tip line right. uh, is so not. They're not investigating professionals. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if they've hired people. But she basically said what in what she called an interrogation. The investigators asked her about social media posts she had made on both private and public accounts. Someone had sent them to the foundation through the anonymous tip line on the website. The men told Ms. Foray that the post potentially violated the organization's code of ethics, specifically that they amounted to, quote, targeted harassment and bullying. But she basically, they included a post she said that was part of a domestic violence awareness campaign and others related to advocacy for victims of sexual violence, including vague tweets about people the post did not name. She said the investigators, you know, if you we've been talking for 90 minutes about these posts and you don't know who I'm targeting with them. How is that targeted harassment? Right. So this, again, is like it feels like it's like 
the feelings that these aren't right, but not being able to really say and put into a real standard. Right. Like, if that's the case, and don't roll forward until you know. Until I guess. you have your your very succinct list of standards. And she said that was her only opportunity. That one conversation yeah. was her only opportunity to defend herself. Right. So she then they were like, okay, bye. And then they contacted her weeks later and said, yeah, you're good. You're good. But now she's like, what? I don't even know. If well, I want to be isn't part it of this. weird now that now that the Times thing has come out and like, what if she wins? Then she feels like. Was it because I I don't know? Yes, I don't know. I know. I don't know, and I don't know how to get to the place where it used to be about food, and now it's about personhood, and nobody can know anybody's real personhood. Like right. no one can really, really know, you know. Right. And like, there's a whole bunch of that, which is like we don't we don't give awards for personhood. You do awards right. for the work you do. Yeah, like you know. Yes, and that's know. what I was saying. What's the fu- what's the line between yelling at someone and? Abusing someone, and it feels like that should have been a pretty easy thing to figure out. Yeah, I know, I know. Before you started, before you launched. So the James Beard Awards are this weekend. <laughs> I know wah, that wah. Uh, our own Sean McKenzie is the only Minnesota up, Minnesotan up for the award this year, Cafe Series. Yeah, and um, she's. Uh, I think she's an awesome person, and well earned. She has got great. Her work is wonderful, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for her. I hope she has a great time. So that's in the end. I hope that people who are going have a good time, and you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where the James Beard Awards will be in the next five to ten years. I don't know, but it'll be interesting to watch. So there you go. Okay, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. It is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Oh gosh, so, already? Yeah. Okay. If you feel like calling in and telling us the what for on this, or how you're feeling about it, or if you're sick to death of hearing about it, that's okay, too. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, we have reached the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, which means you guys give us a call. 651-641-1071. You ask us questions. Uh, you can send us a note on the Twitters or on... I'll try to get the Facebooks going, but we're going to first take a call from Sarah. Sarah, are you there? Yep. Yes, I am. Awesome. What can we do for you today? See, I have um, a daughter who's going to be 15, and um, she wants to go out for her birthday with a couple of girlfriends, you know, maybe like four of them, out to a restaurant that's fun, that they can dress up, kind of be by themselves. So I don't want to do a Minneapolis, like, drop-off. Okay. Um, we live kind of in the western suburbs okay Okay. is there any restaurants that you would recommend that's fun kind of classy not overly expensive but that would be something that would be unique yeah that's so funny i just so my daughter just turned 16 on wednesday and we did the exact same thing she went they got all dolled up they uh her and her three friends and then we took her, so this is in St. Paul, so that's not going to help you, but we took them to Cassetta's, which was her choice, and then yep. they sat at their separate table, and we went and sat outside and gave them time, so I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear. Um, why is the name not coming to me? The restaurant in Wayzata that's kind of more like a cafeteria style, oh my gosh, oh, uh, um... Grocer's table, grocer's table, but that's, that's oh yeah, that's I think that's very not casual. As, though. Yeah, it's that's sort of like a pop in, and especially in Wayzata, that tends to be a lot of people just popping in and walking around and yeah, talking to each other. Yeah. But I do think Makanda in Wayzata would be a fun one because yeah. like there's all these lush plants and like the patio is beautiful. That might be kind of a fun one to sort of like be tropical but a little bit dressy and very Instagrammable okay. for the 15 year old girls. Instagrammable. Yep. <laughs> I 
think that's the main point. I do absolutely, too. Right? Absolutely. That is, that is your number one space to go. Right. Um, I'd also say, yeah, if you want to sit, like, if they want to sit on a deck or something like that, it kind of, you could do the Six Smith, which is right next door to that too. They have a yeah. little uh, beautiful patio, you know, kind of right. thing that could be fun. That's uh, what I was thinking too, but I didn't know if it was too, um, like, not expensive, but not like, Right. I didn't know if it was unique. I think know? both of them, you can find things that are kind of like, because they could do tacos, but then they could also do, like at Maconda, there's like some really beautiful plates that are just stunning that they could just, you know, that kind of levels up a little bit. Yeah. And but Six it's Smith not, has, I mean, they have great burgers. So yeah. they could, you know, they want something fancy, but what does that mean to a 15-year-old girl? Maybe if, that, right. if, in, her, if her, in her world that means burgers, well, yeah. there's, that's going to be on most menus. Also, what oh, do you think? What do you think about sushi? Do they ever like to do sushi or no? That's an idea. I know my daughter likes some. She's not a big sushi fan, but you know. Okay. That's not really a dress-up place either. I was just gonna say you could do sushi fixing ways at it too. That yeah, could be fun yeah. too. Okay. That's, that's crazy fun. Yeah, but I like I like the idea of of uh, the think about a place Macarda. where they can take a lot of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and happy birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday! Good luck. Thank you. Okay. I love that. We did get a question from our friend Bob, and he says, uh, give me an idea, a couple ideas for where to go for crab for someone's birthday that I work with. Where wow. do you go for crab? Like good crab legs or crab? I don't. I Isn't that a hard not, one? That's a really hard one, and I've actually been thinking about it, thinking about it because, you know, trying to eat lower carbs and where I don't know you. Where would you go? I mean, Cove? No, I don't. I mean, I would probably go to the Ocean Air because I know that they source nice food. Yeah. Or I'd go to like Manny's. I'd go to a steakhouse for crab. Quite yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. So I would probably either go to Manny's or the Eight Hundred One Chop House. Everyone is in love lately with the Eight Hundred One Chop House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been here downtown. That. Yeah. Um, I would. I don't. I haven't been to Pittsburgh Blue in a long, long time. If you need to be in the suburbs, but I don't. I don't feel. I don't have feelings about that. Mm-hmm. So. I guess, yeah. I, I would just go for the fancier steak place. Maybe the Lexington. Go to like the rooftop at the Lexington for that. Yeah, I think a steakhouse is always your best bet. It, it, I always think in terms of seafood. Oh, okay, where do I want to go for seafood? But yeah. that might not necessarily be... Because I've been going to the you know the pot places, the hot pot places in my neighborhood. But that's not for somebody's that's, birthday. Yeah, and I don't think like... like the when Raging you, Cajun when places. Crab. I guess I'm yeah. not thinking those. Right. The spicy. I'm thinking someone wants to indulge and then dip in some butter. Absolutely. And I just want to make it at home so that I can control my own destiny with it. But A hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive. And I don't know where the, where Bob lives, but... I don't either. Bennett's. On oh, West Seventh is really cool. Yeah, that's a good one too. Just any any place old timey like that. God, but crab on the grill too. Like when mm. you just do it, like you do like a quick in the thing, and then you sit there and you break your hands yeah. apart. You're inviting me it. over for that, right? I just like We're planning well, this. I will tell you, we have Thanks, a friend. Bob. We have a friend named Heather who does that for her birthday yes, often, and does. you just sort of sit there and eat crab legs, and it's like, dang, I miss that. Like now, I really want that. <laughs> Uh, okay, we have another question. We have Annie on the line. Annie, what's going on today? Hello. Hey, what could we do for Hi. you today? Hey, this is Annie. Sorry. Good. Um, I was going to ask, if you are a newbie to the North Loop, like which restaurant would you start with? Ooh. Wow. Woo. That's a I loaded know. question. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you to do. Mm, I'm going to say, say, why don't you start yourself off with a crawl? 
And so I'm going to go first to the hewing and be in the hotel lobby of the have hewing and just have a cocktail and just kind of get the vibe there. Then I'm probably going to walk over to the Monte Carlo, which is across you know the street. Mm-hmm. And I might probably have a martini there and just kind of soak in. That's the older side of North Loop. Kind chicken of, wings and green beans. Yep. And I get usually a martini with my chicken wings. And okay. then you might want to take a stroll to Spoon and Stable, which is just a, up the block and then down. the. And you can sit at their bar, too. They do take walk-ins for the bar. Mm-hmm. And I would that's kind of the new North Loop. And then yeah, Maison Margot. Yeah. And then you might pop over to Maison Margot right across the street for dessert. And, and or they have a downstairs yeah. bar. They have, they have a awesome really beautiful downstairs bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great call, crawl to sort of get yourself into North Loop. Um, another place that I would say is really interesting and fun is uh, Sanjusan, which mm-hmm. is, you know, Kata no Misa, which is that um, building sort of it used to be called Origami. But it's Italian and Japanese. And that's kind of a nice way to like. Think about like opening your mind to what's the potential right. for that street. And if you're going to be in that corner, Billy Sushi. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, boy, you've, you're in the Mecca. Yeah. So, where have you been I to think... any of the places yet down there? I have not. I'm just a Google monster. So I like to kind of look up new restaurants and stuff. So. Okay. I want to go with Amy, you. Let's, if let's you crawl. Do, if you do that crawl, you need to report back for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. You bet. All right. We also have Robert. On the line, Robert, what's going on today? What's your question? Hey, uh, I had a really, uh, I used to go to Grandma's Saloon and Eatery and got a really good Monte Cristo sandwich, uh, deep fried. Now it's really hard, or I haven't been able to find one. And uh, I was wondering, do you have any recommendations on where to get a good one? And then before you answer, that episode where you kept saying chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. I rewind that over and over again. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Now I'll wait for your answer. <laughs> I love that episode. The last time that. I saw a deep fried Monte Carlo, Monte I'm sorry, Monte Cristo, <laughs> is at Bunny's oh. in St. Louis Park. I can't not guarantee that they still have it, but they know how to do sandwiches over there. Have you done that one, Robert? No, I haven't. No. What about also Keys? Keys Cafe, I feel like. Do they deep fry it? I think so. Maybe. I'm just that's yeah, so hard one to right find one deep fried now. It's more so just like the like focaccia or the kind of the bread. Yeah, and they don't do it like the way that grandma's did. Oh man. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna put this out. Let's send this out to the listeners. If anybody knows of a really great your Monte Cristo, yeah. See if anyone has like a really awesome Monte Cristo. They wanna they wanna vet for you, and uh, we'll stay tuned. Okay. Thanks for things. Appreciate it. Okay, pal. Talk to you soon. Bye. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good dinery. I know the, the whole sugar on top thing is a weird, sweet to savory thing for me, but I do love the concert of flavors. Like the moment is very specific. And there was one that I had, I have to think about this, Robert, because there was one that I had within the last year. Really? Yes, I think so. And I remember. It's kind of a 90s throwback. I know. Yeah. Get some chocolate lava cake with it. You're (laughs) good to go. A chicken Caesar salad. (laughs) Hey. Hey, don't tell you dunkers. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. What is it? Yeah, what's your biggest nostalgic food for breakfast? Cereal. For breakfast? Yeah. Oh, I love me a good Everybody's cereal. Everybody's brunching breakfast. right now, so you got to think about that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's I'm excited. I want to start a whole you were talking about crawls. I would love to start a whole sun, sort of summer brunching brunch crawl. All brunch right. Crawl. Maybe that's a thing we can do. Yeah. All right, you guys, we're going to uh, take a quick break and come back with that second hour. So stay tuned. This is a weekly dish on My Talk 1071.